Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us everywhere. That means YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Through the mail, um, talk to your local telegraph uh, center and uh, learn some Morse code. We'll, we'll read you. And as always, make sure you read the scoring criteria. You're gonna need it. Dan, do you know? Wow, Scott is frozen solid. Oh no, I'm I'm right here. I didn't I didn't hear he cut out on me completely. He said, "Dan, do I, you know?" And he froze for like five seconds. Yeah, we are remote because Dan started having a coughing fit, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stay over here. Uh, yeah, I asked. Uh, do you? This is a nonsense question now, but do you know Morse code? Do you know how it works? Uh, it's like beeps, beeps and tones. Beep, 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 it, beep, yeah, it's beep, like dot, beep. dot, dot, dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. That would be uh, SOS. Yes. Mm-hmm. SOS. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is not a show that's going to teach you Morse code, although maybe you just learned something. The more you know. <laughs> we are actually going to be talking about uh, today a uh, a fight card that happened over the weekend, which, uh, well, people watched it, I guess. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It's one of those, you <laughs> know. Fill fill the time cards, but we've actually got something much more interesting than what happened in that warehouse in Vegas to talk about. Dan, what did you do on Friday night? Well, I was at a warehouse in Philadelphia. Nice. Okay, where, so more warehouse you, fights. Picking up drugs or yeah, was, there was warehouse fights there. Warehouse fights in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, the the, the okay. twenty twenty three hundred arena in Philly CFFC. I was there to shadow judge. Shadow Judge, which was awesome. That's very cool. This is uh, this was a long time coming for you. This was something that you've been hoping to do for a while. I, I kind of both of us have been looking to do this in one way or another. But um, this is uh, this is a major development for you, sir. Yeah, I, I was I was it was just awesome. I don't know. That's the word to describe it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Watching fights so... cage side right against the cage. Mm-hmm. Is is there's no better seat in the house. It's... In fact, you can verify this as truth if you go back and watch CFFC's feed over on UFC Fight Pass. You will see one Daniel Urban cage side watching the action. Not not on a door panel, right? Uh, well, the door was right there from from the uh, the blue corner. I was I was mm-hmm. in the blue corner pretty much. Um, so the door was to my left, but I had a pretty clean pretty clean view. Yeah, you didn't look blocked. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was a circular cage. Yes. What was that like? Uh, there was some, there was some uh tough angles to look at. I mean, obviously, regional show, no monitors, uh, unless you look completely away to like the ceiling where they have um the feed going where there's a sure. TV. Um, but I was also a little further back from where the actual judge would sit. He, like, so they got a catwalk. They got the cage, the catwalk, where like the cameraman, the ring card girls, and everyone else gets on like a platform. And the judges are sat right against that. Then where I was sat, there was another table. So I was probably like another foot back from where the judges would actually be sitting. So I had a I had a little tougher angle on some things. Okay. But, but what was the experience like for you? You never you never watched live MMA this close, correct? No, never this close. It was tremendous. You feel the punches. And... I didn't know straw weights could hit as hard as they could. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them, but you know this one straw weight, uh, Fatima Klein, 
hits like a truck. I, I thought it, that's what it felt like. I don't know how it's it looked like, like on TV. Oh, I didn't get to rewatch it yet, but like you felt them. Like man, how's this other girl still standing? Yeah, I mean that's what always strikes me about when I do get the chance to watch, even as close as I watch from Media Row, which is not as close as you were. Um, but that's something that if you've never been that close to watch live MMA, you completely don't understand how somebody cage side could see or feel something different because it's like, oh, you have this extra feedback. And I feel like anybody who realistically has the opportunity to watch fights that close understands why it's a bad idea to stick everybody in a room somewhere else and have them watch from a room. Yeah, I, I would I would much prefer being cage side because number one thing I did learn or, or realize, I guess, is that damage up close when you're in person there, you can read it much better. Than you can sure. on, a, on a TV screen. Like, you see the small welts and the small reddening, you know, when guys are getting hit. That you don't, that I don't, at least I don't pick up when I'm watching on TV um, right away. But like, Sure, so, absolutely. Some, like, one guy got, he got jabbed in the face. And like, his eye, like, um, as soon as the, the fighter pulled his jab back, like, you get to just immediate, immediate damage. That mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I get when I'm watching on TV all the time. Well, TV can only, you know, it's, it's going to gloss over a lot of things, right? Because there's lighting involved and all these right. things that it looks different on television. And no matter how high def you're getting, I mean, realistically, they're not using like 8K cameras or something like that. So you're still going to miss yeah. it's no more. It's no more high def than real life in person. It can't be any more high def than that. Would you say that it's real as it gets? It was as real as it gets. <laughs> that's right that's how the ufc would play that little like uh stitcher uh transition every time there was a knockout on the video game as real as it gets yeah that's what it, yeah did they do that for real fights i don't remember well that as real as it gets that was like one of their slogans right i know that but i'm saying like as soon as you finish someone like that would pop up on the screen or something i don't remember yes. distinctly yeah, all right. It was a long time ago. That was that was ten thousand UFC Vegases ago. Yeah, I still remember texting you the picture of me outside of GameStop holding the one with Anderson on the cover. Uh, twenty ten. Okay. Undisputed twenty ten. Okay. I don't remember you doing that, but I'll just I'm just gonna trust you. Yeah. You were there for that moment. And I mm-hmm. sort of was there. <laughs> um, but anyway, back back to back to your shadowing experience. So, like, what was what for you was the biggest revelation that like you kind of just didn't understand was it was it the damage thing or is there something else or uh you can read damage better you can read body language way better um the crowd i mean why well, you know to, I, my my scores were not counted so uh because i was just shadowing but the crowd played no influence and i thought like in a setting like that where you're most of the fighters are selling tickets to their friends and family you know that the crowd may play a, a role mm-hmm. because they're going insane for their fighter um but i didn't find that at all while i was doing it okay so i don't mean i don't know if that's a personal thing i'm I'm sure it is uh i feel once you're, you're you're dialed in you really just don't pay attention to any of that sure i mean obviously you're a true veteran you've now logged 11 shadow <laughs> fights judged i did all 11 uh iron man keith peterson was the uh ref for all 11 fights mm-hmm. um which apparently is is child's play man can just go <laughs> all day just ref is that fights, right i guess <laughs> okay uh so here's an here's something i because we talked about this obviously before we got, got on the air um were you nervous no like i said my my scores didn't count so i didn't 
I was more excited about anything. I was just jacked up to be there. I was, I was, I was. So you didn't have, you didn't have those CFFC jitters. No, I was hopped up on on Mountain Dew. Nice. As they, as uh, you know, Talladega Nights. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I was just super excited to be there. I was, I was focused in. Uh, I, you know what? Probably a revelation. I guess is that even a word? Is how quick you write your score when you got to write a score on a scorecard. Yeah, like so. So, how quickly were you getting down? Were you were you Instant. doing it right away, or were you, you were like, "Oh man, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to put this score down." Bell rang. I write. Okay. Well, obviously, yours. You yeah. know, yours don't count. So that that probably is a yeah. piece part of that. Yeah, I guess we'll never know until you maybe get the real thing one day. We'll see about that. Is this one and done for you, or are you, are you just going to do no, this time? And, I will and be. Call it no, you're going to do it again next month. All right. So. Thanks. I like it. Thanks like to it. Pennsylvania for letting me do it. Ed Kunkel, awesome, really great experience. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, were you were you able to pick the brains of any judges? Yeah, of course. I we talked the whole night basically. So yeah. it was it was it was a ton of fun. Ton of fun. Did you tell did you tell them they they don't know how they're doing things that you're coming in to save judging? Of course. That's what I. That was our conversation all night. Yeah, I'm sure they looked at you and <laughs> yeah. said, "Thank, thank God you're here." <laughs> We've been waiting for you to save us. No, it was it was it was a lot of fun. The uh the they had four judges working and then the off judge uh that wasn't doing the current fight would you know, he was his seat was next to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, between rounds we talked, you know, reasonings, everything. All good. Cross pollinate some perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like also, it. you know like... no it was cool. The physician, the ringside physician was also at my table. Okay. That was where he was seated for the night. And I didn't realize how much he has, how often he goes into the cage. So it's like, oh yeah, every fight. Yeah, he sometimes more than once like in between rounds. It was, sure. it was, it was pretty cool. Well, after the fights, they'll always check the fighter, make yeah. sure everybody's okay. You know, um, I mean, even even after, I mean, this is just me observing this from watching fights and stuff. You always see them come up and like check out the fighters, even the mm-hmm. ones who like they got the knockout. They like go and check on them. They're like, hey, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, all right. Yeah, very busy job. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Um, but, and of course where you were, I don't know anybody, if everybody watched CFFC on Friday night, but there was a, uh, a giant cut that opened up on one of the fighters on the main card. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that probably is uh, an extra busy time for the, uh, <laughs> the, the ringside physician. A lot of blood, a lot of blood. You know what mm-hmm. I did that fight? The one thing I didn't understand is why they didn't wait until the end of the round for the mops and the sweeps to come in to clean the, the canvas felt like that i don't know felt like what because while he got checked out and cleared already you know it seemed like almost an, a whole minute went by of them just cleaning the mat waiting before they returned to action well i can tell you they were talking yeah. about that on the uh on the broadcast mm-hmm. and i think they were joking about the idea of it's like well it's much more important that we clean off the uh, the marketing the branding that we actually you know, oh. worry about cleaning off like the other <laughs> fighter or anything <laughs> Because the other fighter was still covered in the blood. Oh, he was covered in blood. Yeah. There was a lot of blood there. But they're like, no, nah, we got to get it off that canvas. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe that's a, I don't know, maybe that's a, a Pennsylvania thing as far as sanitation. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not the one who was there. No, it's, it, it was like, the, it was it was the, you know, Cage Fury employees getting in there. Right. Okay. Yeah, too, that makes so. sense. Who knows? Maybe, you know what? These, these mats probably can't be cheap. They're like, oh, let's try to get this clean. Yeah, that's a good point. Or for it settles in and stains. Mm-hmm. Well, also there was some slippage. Like they didn't have their footing on some things, and I was like, "Oh, could that you know maybe they missed a spot or something?" Uh huh. Like 
whatever solution they're using to clean is a little slippery. I don't know. Rambling. You you are a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, anything else that you think our listeners should hear about with regard to your uh, experience? I'm not going to ask you your scores or how to tell you uh, how you messed up uh, <laughs> that you're doing top shot overrided or anything like that. Um, just by me, because because you couldn't count. If you I mean, if you ever get the chance to to shadow or sit right on on the cage, you'll appreciate it. Do it 100, percent and you'll realize while um, throwing judges in a soundproof room is not a solution well said my friend um all right and uh i guess if you think of anything else throughout the throughout this show feel free to just kind of chime in and we can do that but we can for now move on to again we're going to move across the country for back to that other warehouse yeah um, that had had some fights on uh with mostly prospect uh but uh but realistically I'm, i'm much more interested in talking specifically about jack hermanson and joe piper which was honestly a pretty solid fight. Mm. Um, really, you know, it's it's yet again we had a middleweight main event three weeks in a row. Not the most ideal of situations when it comes to main event strength, but here we were. Um, it still ended up being a, an interesting fight. I thought. I don't know if you liked it or not, but yeah, it was all right. Yeah, nice little comeback from uh, from Jacker Manson to, to <coughs> kind of take a little bit of the shine off Joe Pfeiffer as a prospect. I think he, I thought Pfeiffer showed that he belonged, but he wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, started good. If it's a three-round fight, he's still good. Five-round fight, maybe he's just not ready. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it was the experience of Hermanson wins that fight. So, because uh, realistically, if that's if this is a three-round fight, if they put this on uh, the pay-per-view card next week, it wouldn't be five rounds. Piagel Pfeiffer win. probably wins this. I don't. I don't know that necessarily it was an adjustment of tactics later on. That uh, I think. I think at least <laughs> a decent chunk of this is uh, Pfeiffer losing steam. That could be. Yeah. I... And 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 Hermanson. I mean, obviously there was there certainly was the leg kicks adding up that that had to do it too. But you know they can only add up so much over the course of those couple of rounds. I don't know if he could have done much more to hasten uh, the decay of that leg. Right. Mm. So. Um, you have any takeaways from that fight? No. Good good experience for Pfeiffer, but mm-hmm. Hermanson Hermanson is the guy. I don't, I don't know. I, like, I'm going to give you – I'll give you a takeaway here. And my takeaway is that we are still searching for some new middleweight blood. Okay. Because – I mean, we have it already. Like, don't – like, we we have it. They're just – it's a slow, slow, slow burn for some reason. But but that's what I, that's exactly what I mean though. We're not we're not at the point where they're like ready to start doing some new stuff. Like Dracus Duplessis is new blood. Actually, he actually qualifies as new blood at, at middleweight because he's really only come on in this like you know let's call it the UFC apex era, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he's mostly not fought at the apex. Um, I feel like the closest we get to having some kind of new blood in the mix of like the top you know seven eight fighters is Brendan Allen. He's not even new blood. He is, you know, he's, he hasn't, he's kind of rising, right? And I think he's still young. I want to say he's only like 28 years old. Yeah. I mean, I guess if the UFC wants to bring back Kyle Dawkins, who did fight at CFFC, won by Dar's choke. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of calls for him to come back. But again, he so... that's still, we're still not talking about the top 10-ish area here. That's Dawkins. There's Probably a, deserves to be on the roster, but he's not anywhere near the top 10 of the UFC. Middle there's middle. a guy that could be top five tomorrow. Who's that? Bo Nickel. Oh, is that But right? that's what I was talking about with the slow burn. They just uh, they just don't want to put this guy into a big fight. They don't. You're right. And and I think they've admitted that. So, so, I don't know. 
Well, anyway, that's my my takeaway is that and and that I'm also excited for the fact that we won't have a middleweight main event the next couple of events. It's actually going to be uh, a, a featherweight title fight that people are looking forward to and then a f- men's flyweight main event, which we never get. Hopefully we're starting to get some more of. That's a shock, actually. Uh, it's not a shock because of how little they regarded the the flyweight division, but I think they've finally started listening to the calls of people that are like, "Listen, we should we need to be seeing these as main events." This is, no. If you're just gonna throw them in warehouses, now granted, this one's actually in Mexico City, so they are on the road for this one, and it is Brandon Moreno, a former champion who is popular in Mexico, so it makes a little bit more sense. Um, nonetheless, I'm happy to see it. So, got some better events coming up as far as uh, main event quality fights, and I'm happy about that. Mm. Uh, down the card, all the way down at the beginning, we've had a little bit of Avengers in officiating that I think we should touch upon because we did have a fight ended in a no contest. It was Daniel Marcos <laughs> against Arichi Lang. And uh, you don't see this too often, but we had a fight that ended. Obviously, it was a no contest, but it, it ended as the result of a groin kick. Yeah. Not a whole lot of times where we're going to see the groin kick end the fight. Usually they muster up the ability to kind of get back out there. But that obviously that wasn't the case here this time. And I'm not trying to criticize um, the fact that it happened. It's more just marveling at the fact that it happened. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you think, uh, what do you, I mean, what's your takeaway from this situation? I don't know if it was, it's not like it was like handled poorly or anything. Like that. Yeah, what do you just, want, what this is the situation where the referee had to kind of step in and do something because of a foul. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really you can do. The fighter was was done. Mm-hmm. Couldn't continue. No contest. I mean, it wasn't. It's not like it was a. It was a was unintentional. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So. So so what you were saying is that the option to uh, disqualify Daniel Marcos for that kick, you think, would not have been the right option. That the the no contest here was the right call. Unless the guy takes three steps back, two to the left, lines up, and like he's kicking a field goal, or he's Joson. I don't think we're DQing. What if it goes wide right? Well, does he play for the Bills? Yes. Because the Bills are known for wide right. It, it's haunted their entire existence. Yep. Each generation gets their own wide right. <laughs> it's 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 just a rite of passage in Buffalo. Um, <laughs> and we say that in the spirit of uh, the Super Bowl that, that happened yesterday. Boy, what a game, huh? It was a tremendous game. It, it was a game. Things happen. They played football. And there is a champion that we are now talking about in addition to Taylor Swift. Mm. Mm-hmm. We say that having recorded this before the game. Or did we? Or did we? Yeah. Guess you'll have to guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's not really much more to, to say about that groin kick other than, yeah, crummy way to start a, start a the fight card. But almost appropriate <laughs> that, uh, that an Apex card starts with a groin kick that ends the contest. Mm. And now we have two consecutive weeks with no contests as well. Um, it's fluky, but it happens, right? As far as the judging is concerned, we're going to get over to the contested rounds now, but the unanimity report, pretty pretty solid. 22 out of 28 rounds, unanimous among the judges. That's 78.6%. That's higher than normal. Always like to see that. There were no 8-9 splits in this case. We're going to be just talking about six contested rounds of who won the round as Dan makes some noises over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put your coffee. I got a tickle in my throat. Oh, we should uh, tell it to stop. I did. Good. Um, yeah, why don't we get into the contested rounds, man? Okie dokie. Uh, and because we had two split decisions, I think we got to lead off with those. We'll start with Max Griffin. Got the win over Jeremiah Wells. All 29-28s. Two of them for Griffin, one for Wells. Our split round, our deciding round, 
was the first round in this case. So let's get to it. Why are we talking about this round? Uh, it's low output the entire round. Early Wells mm. lands a spinning elbow that off-balanced Griffin. Um, he was ahead for a while, and I was like, seems like it's it's a Wells round here for the most part. Um, but really not that much does happen. Uh, there's a flurry towards the end of the round where they both land, and then Wells just backs off completely, almost backpedaling the entire length of the cage. That tells me he got clipped and needed a reset. Then he got hit again and taken down to end the round. I like Griffin, no issue, uh, as it's a low output round, and Wells did have some good good lands there. I felt good about Griffin too, but yeah, it's, there's not really a whole lot going on here, and it's not that clear necessarily that Griffin pulled away. But I, I, I thought, I thought like you. Ultimately, the work done on Griffin's side was was reasonably solid. I have no regrets about going that way. Um, but, you know, so we agreed with the majority here. That was Adelaide Bird and Janitro Camijo. We disagreed with Judge Sal D'Amato, uh, who actually took some heat. Stunning, right? Imagine Sal D'Amato taking heat after after a, after a card. Um, it's never <laughs> happened. But Max Griffin uh, took the time to complain about uh, Saldamato scoring uh, fights against him says I can't I cannot stand Saldamato he picks against me every single time well it's totally personal to, I, what's that it's totally personal it is it definitely, it's gotta be <laughs> he, he, you know oh, what it is so he, silly he, I, I'll bet you that Saldamato played the video game Max Payne and just was not a fan <laughs> and now he he holds it against Max Payne Griffin okay or maybe that's gotta be it I'm almost <laughs> definitely right um but I, re- but I especially bring this up because thanks to uh, our friend Aaron Bronstetter, who kind of just peeled back the layer here to let's say, okay, let's 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 see if there's something here. So per Aaron Bronstetter tweets this out shortly after uh, a clip is shared of Griffith of Griffin's eleven UFC fights that have gone to decision. The motto is Judge Four. He has ju- scored two for Griffin and two against. Scored uh, Magni split decision loss for Magni. Scored Condit victory for Griffin. Con- victory over Condit, I read that as. Uh, scored Cowboy, I believe that's what it was, right? Or maybe I remember. Anyway, scored Cowboy uh, Oliveira split decision loss for Griffin. Only judged to do so. And then tonight for well. Yeah, that's, I mean, totally, totally against the guy. So yes, in one in one case, he actually was the lone supporter. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need to start putting it in perspective that just because you hear a guy's name all the time doesn't mean he's out to get you. Oh, Max, just take your win. Just yeah, I know for real. Like this is reasonably close. You could have lost this one and it would have mm-hmm. been okay. It's not that big a deal. And also, there's nothing here. Uh, but good job by Aaron Bronstead pointing that out. Good job, baby. Um, let's move on to the other split decision here. Uh, Balagioki. Got the win over Timothy Kwamba. Also, 29-28s all around. Two for Oki, one for Kwamba. But the third round is our decider. So we came down to some little, little late drama here. Yeah, it's like four minutes. Only for the people who knew there was drama because we don't have other scoring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four minutes of one strike at a time. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about that for four minutes, but only <laughs> say one thing at a time. Uh, I do think Oki does have a slight edge. Kwamba is landing some uh, some good counters. It's like that final minutes when Oki opens up and he starts throwing some combos, you know, throwing more strikes, uh, bringing up the volume. Uh, I do think it's pretty close. I favor Oki, but Kwamba, like I said, did have some nice counters. That were some solid shots. 
I like I favored the volume from from Oki here because I don't know that I, I I think the volume is a win there. Like just watching it, it felt like a win. The numbers actually back that up, but you don't need the numbers to tell that somebody's landing more more often in this fight and I feel mm-hmm. in this round. And I do feel like that's Oki. For Kwamba, I would say some of them are definitely landing harder. I don't know that it's distinctly harder to take back the round. I can understand it being close enough that Chris Lee could go the other way for Kwamba, but I, I felt pretty good about Oki here. I, I I think it's right that he got the victory in this fight. Mm. But it wouldn't have been so bad if it went the other way. You need to throw more. You need to throw more. Dom Cruz was right. He's very good at that part. At which part? Analyzing a fight, not scoring a fight. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so we disagreed with Chris Lee. We saw it. Uh, together for uh, for Oki, like we said, in line with judges Mike Bell and Judge Crippler, Chris Lieben. Judge Crippler. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to argue with a guy who could definitely beat you up. <laughs> I mean, probably a lot of these judges could beat me up, but to be perfectly honest, these a lot of these guys train hardcore, and I haven't trained in a while. <clears throat> but Chris Lieben, different, different level. Yeah, imagine great guy. Chris Lieben starts getting all the assignments, becomes the Sal D'Amato in, in years to come, and people start calling him out, and then, you know, Chris meets him in the locker room, and he's like, I heard you had something to say about me. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> just, I hope so. I hope starts, that happens. Just starts slinging left hands. He's like, I And he shows fight. up with, like, pink hair. <laughs> he's like, you know it's ghost time, because he's got the got the dyed hair. <laughs> like, if, if, he's, if he's just got the natural look, it's like, you know what maybe he's not really about that life anymore but if he shows up and he's got like electric blue hair you know back off <laughs> just accept the score and move on uh <laughs> maybe that's what all the judges need to start doing they need to dye their hair too yeah although some of their cases they do need to to wear a wig or something because there are some shaved heads out there um <laughs> uh, anyway that that was it for our split decisions of the evening let's go on to Oh, this is a personal favorite of yours, I think. The unanimous 29-28 that gives us two rounds to talk about. I know. If I, oh, come on. <laughs> the Loma Lupo Me got the victory over Bruno Brazil. Again, all 29-28s for the winner, but it's deceptive here. We have one judge who was out of step in rounds two of uh, two and three. Excuse me. So let's start with two. What's happening here? I thought Brazil landed the stiffer, uh, stronger shots, uh, but she doesn't really have much volume. Uh, I thought she was getting better reactions when she landed. Loma had good teeps to the body and kicks to the leg. Uh, a couple decent combos upstairs, but I do think Brazil's strikes were more effective. I got I got no issue either way, though. Yeah, I went for Luke Bomi. I, I actually saw it the other way. I, I thought that her strikes were more uh, impactful in this case. But, yeah, that's... It's it's hard to gauge this one, especially watching on TV. I feel like this would be a case of man. It's a lot easier to tell who's winning this round in person. Mm. So yeah, probably. I actually sided with the out judge in this case, Junichiro Camillo. You sided with the majority judges, Eric Cologne and uh, Judge Damato. But yeah, it's it's okay. This is this is not a big deal. Round three. I thought Luke Bonmi landed better on the feet, and she had some good success in the clinch. Brazil also had some decent success. I don't think she, she had enough volume, though, this round uh, to catch up to Luke Bonmi. So it's her for me. Yep. I uh, I ended up going the same way. So I ended up giving all three rounds, actually, to Luke Bonmi. But, you know, it was, it was reasonably a close fight and, and not enough output overall. So it's not one of those fights that I feel like Oh, look when we had to win this one, but even though mm-hmm. I gave all three rounds, right? Um, you can definitely go Brazil here. Um, but I think it's I think the right woman won. 
that's that's how I would sum that up. Again, these were the same out judges here. Judge uh, Camillo was the out judge, saw this one for Brazil. And Judges Colonna D'Amato saw it in the majority, just like you and me, for Loma Look With Me. We've got two more rounds here. And these both happened in fights uh, where the scores really did not impact the result one way or the other. This first one being a finish, actually. Gregory Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Robocop or Hobocop. Uh, <laughs> Hobocop doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. No. Hobocop has a different meaning. Uh, but anyway, Gregory Rodriguez, Barack Obama, MMA's Barack Obama, got the win over Brad Tavares, round three TKO. Uh, good performance overall. There is some discrepancy over round two, whether Rodriguez did win the round or not. So let's talk about that. Uh, very close round. I thought Rodriguez did uh, get some better reactions with his strikes. I think slightly... More impactful and effective. Tavares also landed solid shots, got some good reactions. What really puts it over is that final calf kick for me that Rodriguez landed, where uh, Tavares does the little hop a couple times as his leg gets spun around. Um, and then Rodriguez runs out the clock with a takedown much much the same way as Pat Mahomes knelt the ball, completing the Swifty Super Bowl run. Oh, oh, we're going. We're actually venturing into talking about the game scenario here. Well, that's what happened. Oh. It is. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah, yes. and then and then Andy Reid got red Gatorade poured on him. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I couldn't. I didn't remember that one from the game that obviously happened yesterday that we're talking about in past tense. Yeah, and and the final score was thirty twenty one. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> oh boy, you're you're going on a limb here. Well, anyway, to get back three uh, ten away sevens. From the three, what? They three they ten seven them in all three rounds. Oh. All right. Um, <laughs> and what happened in the fourth round? There was a fourth round. It's like CFFC. Uh, no contest-ish. <laughs> this is absurd. We got we to gotta bring this back, sir. I had the round for Rodriguez. I, I felt like I felt like it was a it was a pretty decent round for him, but not one that was like you couldn't give it to Tavares. I just I appreciated a lot of the work he was doing, especially with those kicks. So uh, I did go for him. I sided with you. I sided with Judges Bell and Lieben once again. Uh, they're obviously in unison. That's like the California connection there, I guess. Um, which meant I was against Judge D'Amato here. And it, it, honestly, I think Judge D'Amato probably has something against Rodriguez, um, not giving him this round. That's almost definitely true. <laughs> yeah. You're making yeah. me cough over here because I'm laughing. Good, good. I'll make you cough some more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is fine. This is, this is a nothing burger of a, of a discrepancy. One more round, and that is Ijo Paterius win over Robert uh, Brejcik. 30-27 two times and a 29-28. Round one, though, the judges disagreed, so let's talk about it. I thought both guys landed strong shots. I think Pateria gets it for me just a tad bit better. Uh, there was two long pauses in this round and uh, for fouls, which resulted in a hard warning. I mean, I don't, I don't got much else to say about the round. I actually thought Brightcheck landed. I thought Brightcheck landed better overall. To be honest, I, you know, if you take away the the uh, illegal strikes, I still feel that way. Um, it's a tough round to score, right? Because there are these lengthy pauses, like two times mm -hmm. during this round. So I don't, I don't know how that affects uh, a judge. Obviously, all three judges in this case, Adelaide Bird, Jacob Montalvo, and and Chris Flores, are veteran judges. Um, so it's not like they've not experienced things like this before, but I imagine it's still jarring every time you have to do it. Um, 
you know, you have to hold in place like, hey, where, where was I at for this round? Make sure you kind of distinctly remember things. And then it kind of starts back up again. And then it stops again. It's like, that's jarring, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand that. But I I I felt pretty solid about bright checking <laughs> this one. Obviously, I disagreed with you. So you can see it the other way. And, and I respect your views here. I respect that you saw it the same way as Judges Bird and Montalvo. But I'm with Chris Flores on this one. All right. Yeah. Didn't matter. Poteria definitely took over in the later rounds. Maybe he'll just figure out how to make weight too. That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, that's it for our contested rounds. We do have one for the 10-7 watch, my friend. Yes. This was a fun round. Hader Emil got the win over Fernie Garcia. Second round TKO. But after a very eventful round one, that even though Garcia had some high spots, he got 10 8 by all three judges, Mike Bell, Sal D'Amato, and Janichiro Camillo. And it, I don't think anyone's necessarily disagreeing with that either because, uh, man, especially late in that round, Garcia's in a bad way. He took some damage. He, 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 was, he was hurt, had his back taken, had to fight off a bunch of rear naked chokes. And then somehow it's like, oh my God, he might win because he's now on the back of Hyder Emile yeah. looking for his own choke. But almost an amazing comeback <laughs> to no avail. And then he, like you said, he took a he took a beating towards you know till the bell. I and, mean, there was uh, some nasty knees to the body where where, uh, where he'll stand yeah. up and just, oh man, it was that was brutal. I was like, geez, those hurt. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised not more people do that. The GSP Serenese. I think it's hard to get them. I mean, how many opportunities do you really have? Oh, now hope maybe they'll get some more because if the guys want to play the game, they gotta go to a knee soon. Yeah, maybe. Soon, not completely yet. Sure, soon. we're not we're not out of the woods yet. Just... But the other thing is like that, that's a hard position to drill because it's like how how are you gonna effectively try to practice those type of strikes? You know? Well, you get it's gonna come off like kind of a sprawl, I guess. Guy goes for a takedown, you sprawl, you kind of post on the head, and maybe you get one or two to the body before they, you know, while they're on all fours, before they... Right. I don't know. You can get there. I I don't disagree. I think, obviously, I think you're right. It's it's a really dominant way to land some blows. I mean, geez, you need your whole body weight into that one. But back to the question at hand here, when we have unanimous 10-8 rounds for our 10-7 watch, we have to ask, is this a 10-7? No. I'm with you. Just too much offense, too much offense from the the fighter, the the, the losing fighter. There's not, it's, there's totally not an overwhelming, yeah, uh, outclassing. I think we can immediately take that one off the board. I think we got overwhelming um, damage. You definitely have overwhelming damage at the end, but I, you know, you can even understand why that might be a hard thing to justify too, given the fact that there was there were some moments where it kind of went the other way. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, that does make it a little trigger. I don't think it has to be disqualifying, but. Uh, it, it definitely doesn't help the case for a, a strike that for a round score that almost no one's going to pull the trigger on anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I don't know. I don't know if duration is necessarily at the overwhelming level either. No. So, yeah, this is just this is a good eight, um, a, a, a fascinating eight, a, a, an unorthodox eight, but an eight nonetheless that I think we feel good about. Right. Yes. And that is it, man. We had six finishes at the warehouse on Saturday. Five. TKOs or KOs, one submission, three fights ended in first round. Uh, what uh, what was your favorite? Adolfo Vieira. Duh. Okay. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no surprise there. And this was your, I believe you called this one out as the most likely contested rounds. And I did what we're supposed to do. Yes. You know, 
make it a first round finish. Yep, because nobody wants to see Rodolfo Vieira <laughs> fight into round two. I mean, um, he's on the mic afterward talking. You know, they're doing the post fight interview, and he's still exhausted. Like several minutes later, he's like trying to get his breathing back down and everything. The man just has too much muscle. He is. He's a big guy, and he, he's like a buzzsaw. He gets you down, just moves methodically until you're dead. And then he's put- somebody that needs like a second nose somewhere, or like like a blowhole kind of thing, like yeah. a whale, so that he can breathe me, in a, like a, a different second. spot at the same time. Let me wear this oxygen tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give him the inha- like. Why doesn't he borrow uh, Greg Hardy's inhaler? <laughs> I forget. I still can't believe that the thing that happened. I, not in MMA, but in the I've, UFC. Wait, How did I, that happen? I for- that's illegal, right? You can't do that. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I'm. Yes, it's illegal. It's just so rare. Like, who whoever thinks let me bring my inhaler because this is going to be you know very exhausting. And I don't <laughs> want to have an asthma attack. <laughs> It's ridiculous. How about um, how about Petrosian's tap and then argument? Oh, you know what? I think he was probably a little out of it. Okay, that's how I read it. Like he almost like did it as he was going out, and maybe didn't remember. Oh, all right. I can. I'll try to justify it like that. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm bending over backwards for him and don't, don't need know. to. It's a hell of a squeeze. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there that I don't think he was trying to like. I don't think he was trying to like Chael Sonnen. Not that Chael even did that. Like he didn't like immediately protest. Yeah. Um, Chael just thought he lost the round, not the whole fight. Right. Well, he did. He he he, he won that fight. Yeah. Chael Sonnen is a champion for four and a half rounds. He won that fight. Yes. <laughs> And I thought he was going to win that fight too, man. I I really did. I I picked him in a little blog I used to do for the newspaper I worked at at the time. And I was like, man, I'm going to be the guy who like predicted it. It's going to happen. And then it almost did. And I was like, man, I didn't care. Like I wasn't that attached to it. If you beat Dan Miller, you're basically a champion. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay. So you were right to predict Chael to win that as you know i mean to be fair a lot of the people who beat dan miller in that middleweight you know of prime we could call it of his career they did win championships they threw they threw the ringer at him he had quite a quite a string of middleweights he just wouldn't back down i mean yeah he's, so, let's, so he lost to he lost to chel Sonnen. he lost to damian Maya. he lost to michael bisping lost to nate marquart lost to uh, paul harris that was kind of that like string of uh, over over like three years where he kind of just fought like a murderer's row of like mm-hmm. a bunch of people that were really fantastic middleweights with like no breaks in there. Yeah, that 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 Brazil card against Paris. Oh, that was a weird. One. That was weird. Yeah, <laughs> obviously we're we're very off topic at this point though. So, but what's your we finish? Steer back. Yeah, I want to talk about my favorite finish. That was yeah. Danny Gay. Yeah, who uh, just destroyed his friend Andre Feely, who you know they put the friendship aside for. Thunderous overhand right halfway through the round. It was like one of those tight overhand rights, too. So it, was, it wasn't like a big so, tight looping one. They put their friendship aside and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna punch you again. I don't yeah, need well, to. I don't need to, like, but I am gonna I'm gonna rampage uh Vandalay you. Sir, he put it aside. It wasn't there. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm totally the friendship putting, isn't there. So I would, he forgot. If I'm Feely, I would, I'm bringing this up at every time we get together. I'm like, listen, you remember that time you, you hit me with, with a second unnecessary shot? You remember yeah. that? Yeah. And then and, this, and if I'm and if I'm Dan Ege, I go, yeah, I do remember that. You should have yeah. stopped it. And it's like, listen, you got 50K for that. So, like, the bill's on you this night. And it's on you every night here when we go to dinner. Maybe. Maybe that. That makes sense. Uh, but that is it for uh, the latest warehouse show. We can now move on to a show that is not in a warehouse. This one's in California. UFC 298, 
We've got that title fight we mentioned before. Alexander Volkanovsky defending against Ilya Topuria. 145-pound belt on the line. We need to see if uh, the old man, Alexander Volkanovsky, and his uh, his licorice stash that he's handing out to... Did you see the video, by the way? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm concerned about identity theft at this point. Is someone what? using Volk's credit card? Because <laughs> he did give out his credit card number. I'm a little concerned about that. Wait, his real one? What are you talking about? Did you not watch the video? Yes, I did. He gets one but of the... Now, I'm, he now gets, I'm misremembering. He gets one of the scam phone calls. He's like, oh, you need my yes, credit card? Yeah. And he starts reading his credit card to him. Oh, yeah, I know. No, okay. I, I got mixed up. Okay. I psyched myself out. I more remember the candy and him falling asleep in front of the TV. Okay. Watching watching tape falling asleep. Which, hey, to be fair, I think a lot of people start to fall asleep uh, watching the warehouse shows now. <laughs> um, But, yeah, that, this is an awesome fight. I love this fight. I, I think it's, it's going to be a really great test to see. All right. Ken Volkanovsky beat the trend. Buck the trend beat this guy who has so much momentum and it looks like he's just like waiting to become a star. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious to see how this one goes. Yeah, this is this is a great card all around. It is. It is. Um, I, I think it's not the most amazing of pay-per-view cards. It's a good one, but like there's levels, right? I think this is like B tier of UFC pay-per-view, which is to say it's still like high A tier of MMA. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I guess. Maybe got Cejudo, Triple C on the card. Sure, sure. First, I like the, I like the pay-per-view fight. portion. I like the pay-per-view portion. It's more like when you get past the pay-per-view portion, it's like, eh, it's all right. Okay. But uh, but yeah, like Robert Whitaker, Paul Costa, even though this is a middleweight fight, it's at least a consequential one and a high-level one, and it's only three rounds, so that's fun. Um, yeah, you, you, like you mentioned, Devalshvili, uh against Henry Cejudo. I'm curious to see what's going to happen there because realistically this could be the end for Cejudo if he doesn't win. Yeah. I would think, I don't know yet. Cause he's very far off from a title at that point. I think, yeah, he's been pretty clear, uh, open about it that realistically, if he loses this fight and he moves that far away from a title, like why is he doing this anymore? Hmm. Yeah. I, so I, I could definitely see him hanging it up if it doesn't go his way, even unless it's like some sort of really close fight that like, Hey, like almost demands like a rematch or something like that. If it's not that and he loses, I don't think they're going to, I don't think we're going to see triple C anymore. So we can triple C uh, for the second time, but this one, the much more believable time. Um, but obviously, and big stakes for Marab too. If he wins, realistically, he kind of needs to get the title shot. He should have gotten it this time because he should have gotten it over Marlon Cheeto Vera. No offense to Cheeto. It's just is what it is. Um, Marab's, Marab's video was hilarious too. Oh, Marab is, is, just tearing it up with the, the comedy. <laughs> he is a treasure. These guys are doing the type of MMA promos that I want. I want funny. It can be mocking, mm. but I don't want it to have to cross into uh, hate speech, I guess. is it, what It always comes back to hate speech in this sport now. And I kind of like when we don't do that. Just mm. make me laugh. Yeah, we need a little comedy. Yeah, a little levity, right? Yep, another word I don't know what that means. <laughs> like whiteness. Oh, okay. Yeah, levity. There's your word of the week. All right. I hope our listeners appreciate the the uh, SAT words I keep throwing out. SATs. Mm-hmm. How'd you do on the SAT? I don't know. I got like a 980, I think. All right. All, some of our listeners are like a 980. What a dummy. Because it goes up to 2400 now or something, right? No, they they got rid of the written portion. It's still 16. Oh, now it's 16 again. again. Right, so maybe they won't. Yeah, be. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. My kids aren't there yet, but. Mm, all right. All right. 
Uh, I also like uh, Jeff Neal against Dean Machado Gary. Yes, that's a good fight. Hopefully Gary uh, makes it to the fight this time. I'll take him at his word. He he fell ill. It was it was a time where a lot of people were getting sick. I'll just take him at his word on that one and just hope we don't have any issues this time. I had the flu that week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you wouldn't be one to cast stones at that point, huh? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember about you. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's those are pay per view fights, and then really the only fight that like kind of really jumped out at me on uh, on the undercard on the non pay per view portion, I suppose. Uh, Amanda Lemos and Mackenzie Dern. I do like this fight. Okay. I think I like that actually has potential, potential to steal a fight of the night. I don't think it will, but that's like a deep sleeper pick. Yeah. I like and that. then for my, uh, I, I'll make the pick this week of the contested rounds candidate. I'm going with uh, Zhang Mingyang against Brenson Hibero. A couple any, of light heavyweights. Any reason? That, that, because they're light heavyweights. It just seems like that's like a, a, a formula that's going to add up to that. Or we get the desired result. Of a first round finish. I was kind of hoping you picked Marcos Ruggiero de Lima and Justin Taffa. Yeah, I didn't want to bring up heavyweight MMA if I could avoid if I could help it. <laughs> I just I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> but you had to bring it up, didn't you? I hope they just do the right thing and end it early. What you mean, not let them fight? Yeah, it'd be okay. <laughs> no, they I'm could. All right. They could fight. No, realistically, I, I actually do think someone's going going lights out in that one in the first round. Okay. I, I actually don't look at that as a fight that's going to go very far. All right, good. But uh, I've been wrong before. And heavyweights tend to do that. All right. Thanks for listening. That does it for this episode. We'll be back again next Monday to break down this good pay-per-view event. Hopefully it's a good one. And, uh, and you know, it'll be nice to return once again with my official Shadow Judge partner. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a good time. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all. Have a great week. Thank you.